welcome to the At Ramsey Heights podcast, your source for all of our audio messages at Ramsey Heights Baptist Church in Batesville, Arkansas. This is Pastor Brian Coates, and I hope this encouragement from God's Word connects with you and helps guide you through your next steps on your journey with God. Enjoy today's message. Continue our study on Christmas. Do you guys remember Christmas as a child? Like, like as you get to be an adult and now you're buying the presents and you're doing the decorations and all these things, like Christmas loses a little bit of its kind of, I guess magic is the word I would say, but but when you were a kid, man, Christmas was it. You, you'd wake up in the morning and, and run downstairs. I, I don't know why I said that. I've never lived in a house with stairs, but it seems like you're supposed to run downstairs and, and there's the Christmas tree in front of you and it's sparkling and it's shining and your parents are sitting there and you're like, yeah. Yes, here we go. Because under that Christmas tree, there are presents. And you start looking at them and you're counting one, two, three, and their stockings. It's just this magical, this magical moment. And under that Christmas tree somewhere, you know there is the one gift that you wanted, or at least you hope it is. Like, like there's lots of things that you like, but there's one. There's one gift that you just can't wait to get. Do you guys remember that one particular gift when you were a kid? There was one thing that you wanted, maybe as a bicycle or something like that, and one Christmas you got it? Just me. Okay. Well, okay. Well, let me tell you about mine because I'm still excited about it. I was like eight years old and I wanted Fort Lego Rito. And if you don't know what that is, it combines my two favorite things in the world. It was, it was Legos and it was cowboys and there were Indians and there was cannons and there was guns and there was horses. And I, I still play with it sometimes. But anyway, it, it was that thing that I could not wait. And of course, it was always the last gift that you got was the big one that you wanted so big. It was like the $60 Lego set. I got the $6 Lego set, not the 60 And there it was. And I was so excited and I think everybody has a memory of something like that at Christmas that you got like there was that one thing that I wanted that was just special and it might have been big and it might have been small but it was something that you just wanted so bad and and somebody who loved you made it happen for you and you remember that first day back at school what did everybody talk about what did you get for Christmas? What was your big gift? And I come strolling in there and I was like, Fort Lego Rito. You guys don't even know. I've got it. And of course, Billy was over here and he got a new swimming pool, $20,000 swimming pool. But you know what he didn't get? He didn't get Fort Lego Rito. So I was just as happy. But there was all of this, all of this comparison and this joy. And I couldn't wait to tell people what I got. Right. And we still kind of do that today. I'll be honest with y'all. After Christmas, we have a conference call with my buddies. How'd y'all do? <laughs> we, and we start comparing things, you know, we're older now, like I got these jeans or whatever, but, but we still have that joy for Christmas when we get that big gift or maybe the biggest gift. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the biggest gift was never a gift that was put under a tree. It was a gift that was laid in a manger in a stable. And we're going to approach Christmas and that biggest gift with the same amount of excitement that we approach Fort Lego Rito or, or, or bicycles or puppies or whatever it was. Little kids in here, your parents should get you puppies for Christmas. That's, that's very important. Whatever it is, we're going to approach this biggest gift this Christmas with that same amount of excitement and joy. And just like we had a determination to share with our friends when we got home, and we had a determination to brag about what we got for Christmas. You and I are going into the world over the next month, refreshing ourselves here at church and remembering what we got. And we're going with the determination to share the joy of what we received from this biggest gift. We've been studying in Luke, learning what we call the Christmas story. We're going to continue on with that today. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke 1. We're going to read 39 through 40. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to come back to it here in just a minute. 
And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into the city of Judea, of Judah, and entered unto the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. So this is a moment in time where two stories mix. Over the past two weeks, we've been talking about these two different stories, and they've been opposite of each other. Like, we know they're connected, but it's completely different characters, it's completely different areas, it's completely different stories. The first one was Zacharias and Elizabeth. And if you guys don't remember, two weeks ago, Zacharias was a priest. He was performing his duties as a priest. He was going to get to go into the holy place, and he was going to get to pray, and all of a sudden, boom, Gabriel. And Gabriel's like, look, I know you're too old to have children. But you and Elizabeth, you're going to have a child. And what, and what we learn is that that child is the forerunner to the Messiah. Now, oh, Zacharias, he didn't handle it very well, did he? He was like, really? You're going to tell me this? And Gabriel, we see Gabriel's a little salty. He's like, you, you don't question me. And so he struck him where he couldn't talk. And at this point in the story, he is still not able to talk. And then last week, we saw Gabriel appear again, but this time to a young girl named Mary. And he gave her the announcement that even though you are a virgin, you are going to have a child. And this child will be called great, and he will be called wonderful. And he is what we call the Messiah. And so we had these two stories in different areas. One of them in Jerusalem took place in Jerusalem, the other took place in Nazareth, and we get to see today those two stories mix and mash. And what we're going to find out today is that these two stories aren't about Mary, and they're not about Elizabeth, they're about the gift. And you're thinking, well, Brian, what is, what is this gift? I've never heard of Jesus talked about as a gift. I've heard him talked about at Christmas as a baby. I've heard about him dying on a cross, but I've never thought of him as a gift. But think about what a gift is. A gift is something that you want or need that somebody gives you without expecting you to pay for it because they love you. And in the Christmas season, what we're looking at is with the gift of Jesus, it's something that we needed. We needed the hope of a Savior. And God gave him to us, not expecting any payment or anything from us. He gave him to us because of his love for us. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift. They even wrapped him in swaddling clothes. I mean, it is, it is the best Christmas gift that was ever given to the world. And so Gabriel had told Mary, said, look, your, your cousin Elizabeth, she, she's pregnant too. This is part of the sign of God's plan. She's pregnant too, even though she's way too old to have any children. She's going to have a child, and, and this is part of how you know this miraculous thing is going to happen to you. God did a miraculous thing in your cousin Elizabeth and, and gave her a child and gave her pregnant. And, and you got to think of where Mary is at at this time. She's thinking, how could this happen to me? How could I become pregnant? How, 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 could, how could God have picked me? And she's got all of these things. And I think Gabriel did this on purpose. I think he announced to her, Elizabeth is going through the same thing. Mary, biologically, physically, it was impossible for her to have a child because she was a virgin. Elizabeth, biologically, physically, impossible for her to have a child because she was too old. These two women had the exact ex amount, percentage of chance of having a child as me. Like, biologic, biologically, physically, it's impossible. And Mary's thinking, if this is happening to me, and yet it's also happening to Elizabeth, maybe, maybe I should go see her. She's having a similar experience. Maybe we'll have something in common. So Mary leaves and goes on this journey, and she is, the Bible's going to tell us that she's going to spend three months. Zacharias is not mentioned during these three months, probably because he couldn't talk, so he was in the back room watching football or whatever he was doing. But Mary goes to see Elizabeth 
And I think she's looking for some clarity of where to go. We know that she traveled at least 80 to 100 miles. And she's looking for someone who shares what she has. Think about this. Both of these women are carrying babies that were announced by an angel. My child was not announced by an angel. My child was announced by, I'll be delicate, by my wife being very sick in the morning. There, there was no angel come and told us what's going to happen. Both of these women are, are doing the impossible, pregnant under impossible circumstances. And both of these women are part of a divine plan that is bigger than them. No one else could have understood them. But Elizabeth and Mary... They understand each other. And that brings us to our first take-home truth. Listen to this. Receiving the biggest gift connects us to others who are also called into his plan. Receiving the biggest gift connects us to others who are also called into his plan. Let's continue reading this story for just a second and see how this connection works when Mary finally gets there. Verse 41. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So listen and how this, this goes. Mary knew Elizabeth was pregnant, but Elizabeth didn't know that Mary was pregnant. And the way that we read this story, if you look at the timeline, Mary was probably less than two months, possibly less than a couple of weeks at the time that she goes to visit Elizabeth. She is very early in her pregnancy. She doesn't appear pregnant. She's not given off any of the signs yet. And Elizabeth has no clue Mary's coming. But when Mary gets to the gate and she calls out Elizabeth and she waves at her, she says, hey, hey, it's, I'm coming to see you. And Elizabeth doesn't go, oh, wow, that's Mary. Elizabeth immediately knows Mary is pregnant and she's pregnant with a very, very, very special child. And, and she gives this greeting back to Mary. Mary says, hi. And Elizabeth comes running up to her and she goes, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that is within you. And it says, she says in a loud voice, you know what that means? You're either mad or you're excited. I'm not sure. That's when my voice gets louder. When you're excited, she's, she's screaming. And then she looks at Mary and goes, who am I that the mother of God would come to my house? And Mary goes, good to see you too. Okay. Like, I'm so excited to be here. But, but Elizabeth has this moment of just understanding exactly what's going on. And she keeps saying the word blessed. Blessed are you and blessed is this child. You know what the word blessed means? It means you've been given a gift. That's what we say. I, how are you doing today, man? I'm so blessed. I'm blessed to be a part of Ramsey Heights. This is a gift that God has given all of us to be a part of this church. I'm blessed when it comes to having a job. I'm blessed when it comes to having family. I'm blessed because these are things that God has given me. Not things that I've got for myself, but things that God has decided to give freely because we either want or need them. And Elizabeth looks at Mary and says, God has given you a gift. Mary didn't really know what to do with this, but we see that this conversation changes Mary. Last week we talked about Mary. Gabriel comes to her and he tells her, you're going to be pregnant. She said, okay, I'm for this. How's it going to happen? And we saw the last verse of her thing. She was willing. She said, let it happen to me. I'll do it. Behold, a servant of the Lord. This is me. 
But, but Mary's attitude changes here. We see Mary has this original willingness, but I don't know if she really gets it. Think about it. Mary's processing a lot right here. Angel, virgin birth, Messiah, mama, and I'm 14 years old. I mean, think of all the things that that means that you've got to start to work through and process. And we see Mary at first was willing, but we're going to see in this conversation with Elizabeth that she goes from willing to comprehending. We see that she goes from faith to understanding. And this is the first time Mary really grasped the gravity of the situation. She believed that she was pregnant. She believed it was the Son of God. But to understand what that means. In the following verses, we're not going to read them today. We're going to dig into them really deep next week. But in the following verses, uh, Mary sings this song. She's drawn into this spontaneous moment of worship when Elizabeth talks to her this way. The song is, is known by Christians. We call this the, the song Magnificent. And Mary just praises God. And if you look into the song, for the first time, we see a picture of Mary that she understands that this is not about a child in her. This is not about the name of the child in her. This is about a change in the world. See, at this time, the world was dark. Sin had taken over. You and I may feel that way. And sin in the Bible is described as darkness. And it's described as chains. And it's described as bondage. It's described as slavery. And before this biggest gift, there was no way away from the bondage and slavery of sin. But suddenly, with the entrance of this child into the world, it's apparent God is working to give us a way out. The Bible talks so much about what Jesus brings to us as breaking chains, as freeing us from slavery. And for the first time in Mary's song, you can see she really understands what's going on. She understands that this is the biggest gift. And so Mary and Elizabeth, they have a new dynamic in their relationship. They get each other in a new way because they're experiencing the same thing. Both of them part of a miraculous plan and this plan drawing them together that God is working in them. And, and to me, I think that God still works that way. Let me, let me rephrase that. I know that God still works that way. The biggest gift in our life gives us a new dynamic of relationships. That's why you're here this morning. We have a dynamic of relationship as believers in Christ that nobody else in the world has with us. Now, don't get me wrong. We love people who are not Christians. We, 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 we pray for them. We can be very, very close to them. But we can never share with them the closeness that you and I share as followers of Christ. You are my brothers and sisters. I'm your brother, too. You're stuck with me right? We're all together. That's what the Bible says. It draws us into a new dynamic relationship because we receive this greatest gift, because of this biggest gift. In modern day, we work the same way that Mary worked. We start this, this conversation with faith and willingness. And when we come to Christ, we come to him with, with a faith, I believe you are God and I'm willing to give you my life and I'm willing to follow. But you and I are constantly moving towards understanding God's plan. That's, that's what we're here today. That's why we've opened our Bible. We're coming to learn together. And let, and let me tell you guys something. You guys teach me. When you come to me and you tell me what God's doing in your life, when we pray together, when we have Zoom Sunday school, when we talk on Sunday night, when we just say, hey, I'm dealing with this, I am learning with you. We come together using this dynamic relationship to grow together to get a more complete understanding of what God is doing. And this is God's plan. And listen to me carefully. I'm going to say this. This is not the main point of where we're getting to at today, but I think this is what the scripture spells out. If you're trying to follow God, if you're trying to grow your relationship with God, 
If you want to be closer to Him, if you want a deeper understanding, you need connection, not attendance. You need connection, not attendance. You need to be here and be a part of the family, not check it off of your list. Church is not, church is not something that, that God calls us to do because He just wants us to be better all once a week. It's a gift that He gives us, these new dynamic relationships that we build with each other and we build each other up and we come into this understanding. And you see, even in the process of Mary, who had an angel appear to her, she needed connection with someone who was part of the same plan that she was part of. I need you. You need me. And we need each other because we are a part of the same plan. And we have a dynamic relationship that we can't have with other people in the world. And you look at the connection between the two. And there's this excitement. You see, in this little bit of thing, you know, Elizabeth is just so excited. She's screaming at Mary. Mary is excited. She's drawn into worship. And all of this excitement comes from what Mary is carrying within her. You know, what I love about this story, one of my favorite things maybe in the whole Christmas story is that Elizabeth didn't know what was happening. It, it wasn't Elizabeth who figured this out. Who, who figured out that Jesus was coming inside of Mary? It was John. Is that six-month-old baby inside of Elizabeth. She tells you that, hey, Mary, when, when I heard you coming, this baby leaped inside of me, and that, that gave me a hint. He was telling me that you are bringing the Messiah. So he leaped for joy. It, isn't it special when you first get to feel a baby moving? Ladies, y'all get to experience it way more than we do. We, we get to look at that, you know, kicking and punching in there and stuff. And, and the first time that baby starts kicking, you know, moms are like, oh, I think she just kicked. I'm holding my belly. It's not quite that big, but I, I, I think she just kicked. I, I, I think she's moving. And, and then, you know, pull dad over here. Hey, come here and put, you're putting your hand on there. And dad's like, oh, this is real. <laughs> and at the first like few weeks, that's an amazing moment to feel that baby leap and move inside of you. After a few weeks, it gets a little more violent. <laughs> We, we go from here, come here and feel this, to your wife being in the other room and going, ah, quit drinking me, right? But what we see is that Elizabeth was at a point where she would have felt John moving within her. She would have felt those special moments, and she would have felt the moments like, would you please, please quit kicking my heart, or wherever they kick, I don't know. And she says, this was a different kind of movement. This child within me leaped for joy in understanding that the, the greatest gift, the biggest gift is here. This was part of John's ministry. He starts it in the womb at six months, proclaiming the Messiah. So let's look at the expression of joy between these. John, a six-month-old baby in the womb, jumping for joy. Elizabeth screaming and hugging, and I just like to see her crying. I don't know why I like that. That really excited. And Mary drawn into this spontaneous moment of praying. It's really quite an awkward story when you think of it. Mary says hi, Elizabeth screams, and then Mary starts singing. Like, that's really how the story goes. But it's all so full of joy. And that brings us to our second take-home truth is that receiving the biggest gift into your life causes an explosion of joy. I love that word, explosion. It's not just like, oh, there's a little joy. An explosion is when something is small and compact and it just, boom. And when we receive the biggest gift into the world during the Christmas story, when we receive the biggest gift into our personal lives, there's this explosion of joy that happens within us. And all of this joy in the story is because of Jesus. It's not because there's a baby. It's not because there's a pregnancy or a couple pregnancies. It's because of who the baby is and what he represents and what he does for the world. 
this explosion of joy comes because the dynamic of the world is changing. So we see all of this joy coming, but I want to ask you a question. How did joy get to Elizabeth and John? You notice that Mary went on a journey here. And within her, she carried the Savior of the world. She, she carried the Messiah. What we see is that Mary literally delivered joy to Elizabeth and John when she delivered Jesus. Mary goes, she doesn't even know what's going on in her life. She's looking for some clarity. But when she comes up to this house, she delivers joy. And this is still God's plan today for how the joy of Jesus Christ makes it into the world is that people who have Jesus Christ within them deliver the joy into the world. That is your biggest calling. That is my biggest calling. Our biggest calling is not to come to church. It's not to own a Bible. It's not to tell people what they're doing, right or wrong in life. Our biggest calling is to take the joy that is within us and deliver it to the world. Deliver joy to where we work. Deliver joy to our Thanksgiving where people are going to be arguing over politics. Our job is to be like Mary, carrying the joy within us and delivering it to other people. Rapid, last, last take-home truth here is that we celebrate the biggest gift by sharing joy with the world. And isn't that what we're doing here with, with Christmas and what we're doing here at Ramsey Heights is we are celebrating the biggest gift the world has ever given by spreading joy. And we have so many opportunities to do that in our communities, in our, in our individual communities. Wherever you walk, joy and hope should walk with you. No matter what situation you walk into, joy and hope should walk in with you in the neighborhoods around us in world and in, in work but we also get to sh- share joy with the world around us not not just the world here in Batesville but the entire world the global world we get to carry the joy of Jesus Christ to the world through missions which we we support men and women who have dedicated their lives to taking this joy across the world we support them financially but we get to deliver the joy of Jesus Christ in shoe boxes when you look up here at these boxes these are these are not just toys. They're not just gifts. We are taking it upon ourselves to deliver joy across the world. Over the last three years, we've been able to send out from this church, from Ramsey Heights Church in Batesville, Arkansas, 200 boxes across the world. We've got some maps coming up up here just to show you where they're at. And we've delivered the joy of Jesus Christ to places like Mexico, 1,200 miles away, 2,000 miles away to Panama, 2,700 miles away to Ecuador, in a little country in South Africa called Lesotho, 9,000 miles away. And we've delivered joy to 200 families there. 200 families have received the joy of Jesus Christ. And today we're adding 125 more boxes to that. 125 more families that are going to smile. 125 more families that are going to understand who Jesus is and why he is the biggest gift. And listen, you did this. I didn't do it. You did this. Every time you bought an extra pair of socks or a comb or a toothbrush, you were spreading that joy. Every time you dropped a dollar in that jar back there, listen, over the past four years, we've raised $3,000 in shipping fees to get these boxes across the world. You did this. Every time you prayed for a box, and I see you guys at that packing party, you got a box and you're like, I don't know what kid this is going to, but he's going to get it. And you guys are putting those special things in there. 
you are delivering joy. And today we're dedicating these boxes and we're celebrating what our church has done and celebrating what God's church is going to do by letting these boxes for the first time leave our hands and we're putting them in the hands of God for the Him to use them how He'd like to. We're going to watch another video to show you just what God can do with some shoe boxes. RB? of three when children open the shoe boxes, they're so excited. Those faces just transform. Yeah, these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes. The mouth is wide open, the voice is raised, smiles are all over. That box brings joy. We're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. I mean, it's just been incredible. Kids are so excited. Giving them a gift. Do it in Jesus' name. And that's what this is all about. Jesus loves you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders and knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. Churches are doing big things with Operation Christmas Child. Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus. It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in fill shoe boxes? Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is only the beginning. After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the greatest journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. When the light of the gospel is turned on, that changes everything. Churches are being planted, lives are being changed, communities are being transformed. The word of God is spreading, the gospel is advancing. It is impacting children, it is impacting families, it is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. I would like to ask you to consider packing shoeboxes year-round. God will bless and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one of you.
a lot of joy, isn't it? <laughs> I like to show that video. I know we've seen it once before, but I think it's always a good reminder to see those faces and to see what your boxes go through and where they end up at every year. Um, we just want to take a moment to just say thank you to all of you. You know, you packed the boxes, you donated the items. We have, like Brian said, we have 125 boxes. We raised $1,125. And all of this is going out to somewhere where God has planned for us. Um, and that's just exciting. A lot of joy in that. Next year, we'll be starting collecting in February. So just like Mr. Graham said, that um, let's go ahead and start looking if you want to. Uh, I'll leave the basket out there if you want to drop things in as you see all the sales pop up. You sure can. It's pretty much the same items every year. Um, so look for that. Uh, you can donate anytime you want to. And then um, also we put labels on them this year and the last two years. This is our third year to do the tracking labels. So hopefully we will find that out pretty soon of where they're going to send them off to. Usually we find out about mid-December, I think. So it'll be pretty soon as soon as they get to the packing area. But today, today we're going to pray to dedicate these boxes um, into the plan that God has stored for them. We're going to pray for the kids, the families. It always happens. <laughs> I always get emotional. It's never, it's never sad. It's always so much joy, so much love. I can never do it. I always try. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says rejoice always. And that's the first step is that we're rejoicing of what you have done for 125 people. I'm so sorry. I know I'm making some of you cry. I don't want me to. Uh, for 125 lives that you are changing today, for 125 families and even communities. Um, it's just so awesome to think about how we are here worshiping in this church and they're going to be worshiping in their areas too and that's just building to the kingdom of god um, verse 17 pray without ceasing and that is our job from now until the boxes reach these hands is that we are to pray every day i'm asking you just to pray for the volunteers that help get these where they need to go but pray for those hearts that will be receiving these boxes for the families in the video the little girl was singing that um, she got the box, she brought it home, she told her grandma, her grandpa, her dad, and they all came to church. And um, in a little while, you'll see a, a video about prayer, and you'll see that some of the kids pray for their own things. You know, they know that there's a God out there, and they know that their God is the only way their life is going to change. And the only way that they have hope is through this trust in God and what he does for them. And so they pray, so we're going to pray um, for them as well. And then verse 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, it's the will. We're giving these boxes. A lot of people go, ah, I'm giving them gloves. What am, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I'll say, do what your heart does, because these boxes end up in the right exact spot. You know, I'd like to say I don't know how it happens, but we all know it happens because God allows it to happen, but it does. Um, you'll see different things. We've heard like gloves. Um, one girl prayed for gloves. She wanted gloves, and one person prayed for a Bible, and one person, um, one year, he wanted, he wanted a truck. 
and I don't know I mean it's just crazy how things will just end up where they need to go and in the boxes they need to go with so um, we're going to rejoice we're going to pray and we're going to give thanks thanks that we have an amazing Savior who has plans beyond our imaginable dreams of what these boxes are going to do for their lives so I'm going to let Mr. Norman or Mr. Ryan play this video for us today um, and just be in prayer as you see it and then I think Brian's going to close us off so we can all kind of stay separated we don't have to get up and get together but um, go ahead and take this back to your house pray every night every morning um, as this is being delivered and processed and gone to these children and just pray that it's God's will God's will that it will be done with what he needs to do. We go to hard places in the world. And the truth is, we need prayer to do it. Prayer is the foundation that this ministry is built on. The ultimate resource that God has provided for us to minister to people. Without it. We've got to talk to God. So, Father, we, we give you things that we didn't think were possible when we get lots of people praying, then God opens doors and He works miracles. And our lives together. He answers prayer. I was alone in my room. I sit on my knees and I talk to God. God, I need a Bible. A week later, God sent for me a gift. Opened a book, I did find toys, cars, and a Bible. God answered my prayer, and I felt so happy. Por las, por lo que llorábamos entonces, pero después ya se, se, ya se iba un poco, poco más así arreglando. De entonces sí empezamos a salir yo, mis hermanos, así mi mami. Y que Dios nos ha ayudado tanto en nuestra familia que ya vivimos más felices. We learned about God's word and yeah, we prayed. It brings this feeling to my heart that yes, God exists and He hears our prayers. Most important thing that we can put in a box is prayer. Praying for the child is going to get your box. Father, thank you so much for the privilege. The big impact at the end of the day is lives that are changed. Children are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and that's what it's all about. So keep praying. If I could have the musicians, please. Once again, it is so important that we do not just trust in our own efforts and say that, that what we've done here, whew, boy, everybody's crying now, man. Say what, that what we've done here is enough. We have to turn these over to God. And, and we're gonna take a moment here in just a second. And uh, because of COVID, we usually let everybody grab a box and, and uh, hold it and pray over it, but we just, we wanted to keep a little bit more separate. So I'm gonna say a prayer um, here in just a minute. I'm gonna ask you to pray with me and then we're gonna go into our, our normal response time. And I'm gonna ask for you that uh, during that response time that maybe, maybe you don't really have that joy with inside. 
we're not just spreading joy of, of, of God across the world. We want to spread it in this building and in this community. And if you have it, I'll tell you about it.